Hey, live stream watchers and listeners to the podcast, especially those of you who are Yankee fans. I told you not to worry. I told you. I told you that was just a blip. Now, the Yankees are going to the postseason. Now, it doesn't mean everything's going to be smooth sailing, but do you know what? It was just a blip. But this is Locked On MLB. Whoops, doing it live. You are locked on MLB. Your daily MLB podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. baseball fans and live streamers and podcast listeners and all of you out there in the internet world and welcome to Locked On MLB, part of the Locked On Podcast Network where it's your team every day. This is the daily podcast. We talk about all of Major League Baseball. I am your host, Paul Francis Sullivan. Guess what? Check out my lower third. You can call me Sully if you're on the live stream you're watching us on the YouTube's be sure to throw in a comment in the chat. We got a lot to talk about today. Hey, we only have about, what, two weeks left to the season. There's only like 14, 15 games left. And hey, Jace Peer. Jace Peer is one of the listeners. Jumped right in the chat. We're going to be able to talk, Jace. If you have any questions or anything you want to bring, just throw it in the chat. I'll talk about anything right now. But I am your host, Paul Francis Sullivan. You call me Sully. I think I already mentioned that. I am an Emmy-nominated television producer and filmmaker and sometimes comedian and sometimes writer. And I've been a baseball podcaster for well over a decade. Been here at the Lockdown Podcast Network now for four seasons. We're almost at the end of my fourth full season here. And I got to tell you, I'm having a lot of fun. This has been an interesting year. It's been a very interesting year. Hey, I'll follow us at Lockdown MLB Pods on both Twitter and on Instagram. I'm your pal Sully. I'm at Sully Baseball on Twitter. Sully Baseball Podcast on Instagram. You know, when a lot of people were panicking in Yankee land, uh, look, at I am I make no bones about it. I'm not a Yankee fan. I'm a native New Englander. I grew up not liking the Yankees. and uh, But I, I'm first and foremost, one of the reasons why I'm the host of this show is that I'm a baseball fan first and foremost. You know, growing up a Red Sox fan, yeah, if I, I could have hosted Lockdown Red Sox, but it's easier to have a more of a zen approach to being a baseball fan in terms of just enjoying it for the spectacle when you've seen your team win the World Series four times. But the Yankees went on a tear between the beginning of the season and roughly the 4th of July, where they were on pace to win, what, 112 games or something like that. People were comparing it with the 1998 Yankees. That's not what this team ever was, okay? And they went on the, they had a rocky second half of July. They had a rotten August and everyone was panicking. Everyone was acting like the Yankees were in the middle of one of the great collapses in baseball history. And I may have jumped into the hyperbole bandwagon, but I also went on both here and locked on Yankees to say, um, let's pump the brakes on this being a collapse yet. There's nothing resembling a collapse when you take two steps back, look at it. Yeah, the lead went from, what, 15 games to three and a half? Nobody ever got to within a game of them. The Yankees and their fans never once 
this entire run that they've had, pretty much if you take from Memorial Day until now, never once has a Yankee fan looked up, you know, woke up, looked at the standings and said, like, oh my God, they could tie us today. No. They had a bad month. If they had that bad month in April, then this would be considered a great second half. If they had a bad this bad month in September, people would be chewing their fingernails. They just had a market correction. Are they going to win 110 games? No. They, they're going to win probably 97, 98 wins, which is more than most people thought they were going to win going into this year. And I'll tell you something. I know this is hard to quantify. I know this is hard to plug into any sort of statistical analysis of a player. And I have gone on record on this podcast. I believe Aaron Judge should win the American League MVP, but I don't think you're stupid for thinking Shohei Otani should. I think it's a very compelling case for Otani and for Judge. There, I said it. Oh, my God. I'm not calling someone who disagrees with me an idiot. What should I do? What should I do? But I think one of the things that makes Aaron Judge a valuable player, he was practically the only thing working during that slump. If he went to a slump too, maybe the Blue Jays or the Rays would have caught them. But his rampage to Roger Maris and to his inevitable clinching of the American League record for home runs in a single season has taken some of the pressure off of the Yankees. Them starting to win, yes, but the attention being on Judge and the attention that that has brought and all being positive, I think has raised some of the weight off of the shoulders of this team. They look like a different team now than they did a few weeks ago. Now, again, as a native New Englander raised on the Red Sox, I have to say that if the Red Sox had to lose uh, a Thursday night's game on a walk-off hit, I wish it was a home run by Judge. And he hit that deep fly ball to center field, which everybody in the world, including you, thought was going to be a walk-off homer to tie Roger Maris with Roger Maris's family in there. And it was caught right at the wall. And then what happened? Bottom of the 10th with a stupid ghost runner on second lead off hit. Boom. That's how they win it. You know, so I haven't been the judge home run. At least there would have been a sense of drama there and nothing involving the ghost runner. I hate the ghost runner. Gotta get rid of it. But with that walk off hit by Donaldson, the Yankees clinched a playoff spot. They're in. They're going to play the playoffs. Okay? There's no collapse. You have both New York teams in the postseason for the first time since, uh, what was it, 20, no, uh, 2015 was the last time both New York teams were in the playoffs. And the Yankees lost the wild card game that year, and the Mets went to the World Series. The New York World Series, that's a, that's a novel thing. It's only happened once in the last uh, since 2009, but I digress. So the Yankees are in there, but Jace Peer, one of my listeners who's in the chat, uh, asked, hold on, let's, uh, let's get the question up here. Let me get rid of my lower third. You know who the hell I am. Uh, let's go. Jace Peer asked the question, uh, the Yanks win World Series? Well, Jace, I don't know. I don't know. Well, first of all, um, I, I think uh, uh, I put up his high one there. No, this is the, the right one there. 
the, will the Yankees win the World Series? They could. Absolutely they could. Now, right now, I think Houston has the best overall team. Their pitching is outstanding. But the best overall team with great pitching doesn't always translate into a World Series title. Cleveland, I'll get to them in the second part, and Seattle are both playing at an incredibly high level. I think any American League team has a shot. Now, the one thing, Jace, now, Jace, let me ask, I'm going to ask you a question. You can answer me in the chat here. Uh, are you a Yankee fan or not? Um, I, I, I think the Yankees' bullpen should make them nervous. Uh, Holmes was unbelievable the first half of the year, but Holmes and Chapman and Schmidt and Luizica, they haven't been as reliable. And a, you know, a teeter-totter in your bullpen could really come back to haunt a team in a short series. Now, also, I think that let's just, I mean, you'd have to think the Yankees will be able to, will probably, unless they have a disastrous final two weeks, are going to be the number two seed. So they will miss the wild card round. We'll be able to rest up Garrett Cole and line up their pitching staff exactly the way they want. Now, okay, uh, Jace Peer is a Yankee fan from St. Louis. So you must have been thrilled to see Harrison Bader do well the last couple of days. Um, their pitching staff is is a little wobbly. Now, they can hit, obviously, with Judge. And if Rizzo is playing well and Stanton is playing well, Stanton is starting to hit as well at this point. Uh, and your buddy Harrison Bader is finally back in the lineup. If they were to face a team like Cleveland or, or Seattle, I would be nervous if I were a Yankee fan if they were to play a team like that. They're, both of those teams' pitching is great, and they're playing on a super high level at this moment. Um, if they win the division series, I, 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 think that, I think the Yankees would have a hard time defeating Houston in a short series. So the best hope, I think, for the Yankees to get to the World Series, to get to the World Series, is to avoid Houston in a short series. They'll avoid Houston in the ALCS. If they avoid Houston and because Seattle or Tampa or Toronto defeated them in the division series, which is possible, then the Yankees would probably do well. The Yankees, I would trust the Yankees against Tampa and against Toronto. Tampa, I know, is a haunted house for the Yankees, but I think they could beat them in a short series. As for winning the World Series, I don't think the Yankees could beat the Dodgers. I don't. I think the Dodgers are too good. And I actually don't think the Yankees I, – I mean, I, I wouldn't pick the Yankees against any national team. But then again, I didn't pick the Braves last year either. So the answer to your question is yes, uh, but they could also lose the division series. The, there's a tremendous amount of equity in the American League. Even though the Astros are the best team on paper, any team could come out of the American League. I just think the Mets and the Dodgers right now, and, I, and I've always been very high on St. Louis, uh, are all really, really good. 
But um, you know what, Chase? They could. They very well could. They could use a boost. They could use something to be give them a little uh, over the top. But I can just tell Yankee fans right now are super excited. And speaking of being super excited, let's talk about Blue Chew. This episode is sponsored by Blue Chew. And, you know, we all know, guys, this one's for you. You can have the confidence in your life, but it can only take you so far. That's true in the bedroom, especially when it's time to step up to the plate. That's where Blue Chew comes in. Blue Chew has a unique online service that delivers the same active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, but in chewable tablets at a fraction of the cost. Process is simple. Trust me, I've done it. Sign up at bluechew.com, consult with one of their really good licensed medical providers. I talked to Seth, and once you're approved, you'll receive your prescription within days. Mine came in one day. The best part, it's all done online. So I no longer have to go to the doctor's visit. You know, I have my doctor visits, and the doctor say, oh, you're back, Sully. I said, yes, I am. No waiting in line. The Blue Chew tablets are made in the USA. None of this imported Blue Chew tablets, and they're prepared and shipped directly to your door in a discreet package. They always say first impressions are important, but what about lasting impressions? It's time to get off the couch and get back to work. If, the, if your tools need an upgrade, got to head to bluechew.com. So if you could benefit from a little extra confidence when it's time to perform, chew it, then do it. We've got a special deal for our listeners. Try Blue Chew free when you go to promo code locked on at checkout. Just pay $5 shipping. That's bluechew.com, promo code locked on to receive your first month for free. Visit bluechew.com for more details and important safety information. And we thank Blue Chew for sponsoring the podcast. Hey, uh, Jay, sir, uh, are, you, uh, are you using Blue Chew these days? Uh, Jace asked me if I thought Aaron Judge is the MVP. I mentioned that earlier. I think he is. I have no problem with people supporting Shohei Otani. Uh, he's extraordinary. Uh, I think it takes a historic great season to dethrone Otani. And I think Judge is doing just that. But if you vote for Otani, again, I can't, I can't fault that. You know, these are two different things. This is delicious ice cream versus a lobster. They're both delicious in different ways. That analogy made sense to me. Hey, there are more things in life than the Yankees right now, and let's give a big hand to the Cleveland Guardians who just keep winning. That's all they do. They win the games they're supposed to win, and with that, they uh, on um, Thursday evening, they doubled up the White Sox 4-2, to two, and – Let's give a let's give a shout out to Bieber. Shane Bieber won again. And again, I don't really care that much about the win-loss record. Uh, you know, he has a very good one at this point, but he wound up pitching he pitched into the eighth inning against a White Sox team fighting for their lives in Chicago. Pitched into the eighth inning. Um, you know, he he let up seven hits, but he didn't walk anybody. So he sprinkled those seven hits around. Let up two runs uh, on a home run, and uh, well, let up a solo shot and then another run. And Cleveland, remember, I keep saying this, they were tied with Minnesota just before Labor Day, and the White Sox were right on their tail. Well, right now the Twins are ten games back 
and the White Sox are seven games back. There's only two weeks left of the season, and the White Sox are a full week behind Cleveland, the Guardians. Did I say the Indians before? Forgive me. Old habits die hard. And if there's the Cleveland has 12 games left, if they can go seven and five, and by the way, they've been going because they got a ton of games against Kansas City coming up. If they could go seven and five in the remaining 12 games of the season, they will finish with 90 wins. And there's just something psychologically positive about being a playoff team with 90 wins instead of being a, hey, Jace, uh, Jace is taking off. Thanks for being part of the show. Uh, there's something psychologically positive about being a team that won 90 games and being in the postseason. I don't know what it is. It's just sort of like when you see teams in the playoffs and they have like 85, 86 wins, you know, and again, you can point to Atlanta last year. It just doesn't look right to me. It just doesn't look right. like to see Cleveland do that. They're winning left and right. Uh, there are strange bedfellows that come about when you have this time of the year and teams are battling for playoff spots. If you are a New York Met fan, you suddenly became a gigantic Philadelphia Phillies fan today. You were rooting hard. You might as well have grown up in South Jersey having yourself a you know, Philly cheesesteak running up the rocky steps, going to, what was it, Wawa, Mawa, what's the name of the place that they go to instead of 7-Eleven? Uh, well, right, yeah, the Phillies beat Atlanta. One nothing. Ranger Suarez pitched a terrific game. Freed was pretty good. Matt Veerling, what the hell? Where, where did this guy come from? He went five for five the other day, and today he drove in the only run. And, uh, you know, while, you know, Met fans don't want to be hugging and, you know, holding hands with Philadelphia fans, what that means is Atlanta is now a game and a half behind the Mets, one game back in the loss column. So you root sometimes, you have strange bedfellows. And this whole weekend, Met fans are going to be cheering for the Phillies. Cheering. They will be jumping up and down saying, Chase Sutley, Greg Luzinski, Dick Allen, Richie Ashburn. I love them all. Give me them Phillies. Philly fanatic, Ryan Howard, Steve Carlton. They'll take them all. Because they, the Mets have been playing unbelievably great baseball, but they desperately need the Braves to start losing too. So you're going to see Mets fans loving their Phillies. Aaron Nola is pitching on Friday against Jake Odorizzi. Uh, you know, in that particular matchup, I give the edge to the Philadelphia Phillies. Meanwhile, the Mets are going off uh, to Oakland for a reunion of the 1973 World Series. Bassett, who's going back to his old team, uh, Urban's going for the A's. You can't check these off as easy wins because you saw how the Nationals played some of these teams hard. The Pirates played the Mets hard. So, you know, it, sometimes you see teams, you know, pick themselves off the mat. There's only two weeks left. There's only two weeks left. If you're a lousy team, and you only have two weeks before you head back and start playing golf, I'm sure you want to derail the team. So if I were the Mets, I would not, not, not overlook the A's. But that being said, Met fans, you got to be rooting for the Phillies this whole weekend. 
Um, one odd thing, you had Colton Wong for the Milwaukee Brewers have a, have a tremendous game on Thursday, three home run game, and the Brewers clobbered the Cincinnati Reds, would have pitched well, final score five to one Milwaukee over Cincinnati. But in order to make that work, they have to have the, well, they got to have the uh, Phillies lose some games too. Because as of this recording, with only, what, two weeks left, hey, Jeff Cohen, uh, yeah, Jeff Cohen, uh, friend of the show, I'm just going to put this on so all can see, one of the biggest Met fans I've ever met in my life, just wrote the words, let's go Phillies. My point exactly, my point exactly, you're not going to meet a bigger Met fan than Jeff Cohen. He's been on this show, I've been on his show. Hey, Jeff, I got your I got your uh, letter the other day. Thanks a lot. It was really sweet. I'll I'll send you something in, in return there. But uh, you're not going to find a bigger Met fan than Jeff Cohen. And here he is saying, let's go Phillies. But right now, the Phillies are three games ahead of Milwaukee for the final wildcard spot. Again, three games of lost column is not a lot, but when you only have two weeks left, You've got to just keep you got to keep winning those games as fast as humanly possible. And you know what? I just uh I don't see any of the teams like Baltimore is four games back. I don't see them making up that ground against Seattle, Tampa, and Toronto. And a lot has to happen for Milwaukee to climb in and take that spot. Now, perhaps if Philadelphia leapfrog San Diego then it might be a, a dog fight between the Padres and the Brewers. But the Brewers, you could point to the trade of Hader. Not that Hader has exactly been the second coming of Mariano Rivera since he went to San Diego. But I, lest we forget, at the trade deadline, the Milwaukee Brewers were in first place. The Milwaukee Brewers on the... 31st day of uh, July were three games up on the third day. You know, uh, and on since that moment, they had a four game lead on July 3rd. They're up by four games. And after that day, the Milwaukee Brewers have been uh, 23 and 26. Not horrific, but not good. Not good. And here we are. We got a full weekend of games coming up as this episode is being recorded on Thursday night, but we're going to be dropping it on at least the audio versus being dropped on Friday. Um, some other games of note, the Cardinals and the Dodgers are going to be locking antlers and that might be Albert Pujols' chance to get 700 home runs. Is that going to be a division series or an LCS matchup? I don't know. And neither do you. Um, other games of important, the uh, Brewers are trying to stay alive. They're going to be playing the Reds, the Astros, and the Orioles. Urquidy is doing a warm-up. Uh, the Orioles are on their last, hanging on by their fingernails. I don't see it happening. I mentioned Braves Phillies. Uh, Hill is pitching for the Red Sox. Just let up the home runs to judge, and let's get it over with. Garrett Cole, though, it's an important start for Garrett Cole. Because if the Yankees want to win the World Series, they need him to be an ace. And he needs to start pitching like an ace. 
And not sure what we've been seeing about that of late. Um, the Jays and the Rays are fighting for positioning of the wild card. Springs against White there. Uh, Morris is pitching for the Guardians against Gray of the Tech. The Guardians are inching closer and closer. They'll probably clinch the division uh, before with about a week to spare. Padres and Manaya are hanging on for dear life where they're going to be playing the Rockies. The Mariners are inching closer and closer to that uh, playoff spot that they haven't had since 2001. They're off to Kansas City who have a brand new GM and probably will have Mike Bethini fired. And their starting pitcher is TBD. No one knows anything that's happening there. Hey, uh, would it be something? Shohei Otani is pitching tonight against Minnesota, who, by the way, were in first place, uh, was it less than 20 days ago, and now they're four games under 500. Wouldn't it be amazing if Otani did something like throw a complete game shutout and hit a home run on the same day that Aaron Judge ties Roger Maris? I'm just saying. Uh, the White Sox are hanging on for dear life. Giolito is going to be starting against Eduardo Rodriguez of the Detroit Tigers. And Carlos Rodon, who is having a wonderful year with San Francisco, is going up against the Diamondbacks. So that's a look at the games being played this weekend. Hey, before we wrap up today, uh, September 23rd in baseball history is the day that Fred Merkel in 1908 missed second base in what would have been a critical game between the Giants and the Cubs. The game was called a tie because of that misplay. And in the end, the Giants wound up losing the pennant uh, on a uh, uh, basically a one-game playoff with the Cubs. For years and years, and Fred Merkel never lived that down. For years and years, 1908 was associated with the Cubs and their last World Series title. And if the uh, Indians had gotten a home run, they were called the Indians then, had gotten a home run in the bottom of the ninth of Game 7, we'd still be talking about 1908. Uh, it was a big... Oh, so another big thing happened in 1957. Hank Aaron hit the biggest home run, or the second biggest home run of his career. The biggest home run of his career was obviously the time he passed Babe Ruth, number 715. But let's not take away 1957 where he hit a home run that gave the Braves the pennant. He had a walk-off home run in the 11th inning. Braves won 4-2, to two, and Milwaukee was put on the map as a legitimate baseball city. They won the World Series that year. The city of Milwaukee has had a World Series title since that 57 Braves team. Big, big day for stolen base records. Uh, Maury Wills on this day, the late Maury Wills. We lost him earlier this week. On this day in 1962, a year where the Dodgers finished tied with the Giants and had to play a three-game playoff. Uh, the Dodgers lost on this day, but it was uh, Maury Wills who tied Ty Cobb's record of 96 steals in a single season. He would eventually go on and break it. Uh, Lou Brock stole base number 938 on this day in 1979, his final season, which broke the record by Billy Hamilton. Not that Billy Hamilton, the other Billy Hamilton. And Jose Canseco became the first player ever to be in the 40-40 club. 40 home runs, 40 stolen bases. That happened in 1988. Also on this day, Steve Carlton won his 300th career victory in a game with the Philadelphia Phillies. The Phillies went to the World Series that year. Carlton kept hanging on 
uh, he, he, the Phillies eventually had to release him in 86 and he bounced around between the Giants, the Indians. They were called the Indians back then. The White Sox and the Twins picked up another World Series ring for its troubles with the 87 Twins. And a very sad thing happened on this day in 1978. Lyman Bostock, who was a early free agent, <laughs> he was very early uh, adopter of the free agency. He was a tremendous hitter, an all-star caliber hitter with Minnesota, signed with the California Angels after the 1977 season. And he was shot and killed in a basically a drive-by shooting in uh, Gary, Indiana on this day. Uh, someone was trying to shoot someone else in the car and missed and got Lyman Bostock, who by all accounts was not just a terrific hitter, but a upstanding man and, and a terrific player. And, you know, it's a great what if. He was in his 20s. He was already an all-star caliber hitter. It was part of an Angels team that was starting to come onto its own. The very next year, they would have Rod Carew. Don Baylor won the MVP. Bobby Gritch was part of that team. Nolan Ryan was part of that team. And they got to the American League Championship Series and had a couple of seasons in the 1980s where they came very, very close. And Bostock could have been part of those great teams. Maybe he would have been a huge difference. We don't know, but it was a great tragedy when he died. And one of those just agonizing what-ifs in baseball history. But what-ifs are part of the game. And also part of the game is scoreboard watching in these final few weeks of the season as we get to see what happens finally in the pennant races. Hey, Jeff Cohen, who's a, a frequent guest of the show and always a contributor in terms of giving me suggestions. What else? You said something else. You said... The Dodgers are a great team, but their all-blue uniforms are not a good look. I completely agree. I completely agree. The Dodgers have one of the great uniforms of all time. You wear the white unis at home, wear the gray unis on the road. Now, the one suggestion I would give, I like their road uniforms that say Los Angeles, not the road uniforms that say Dodgers. But that could be just me. But, hey, uh, here we go. Here we go. Another full week of podcasts and and all sorts of fun. We do a couple, maybe do one or two over the weekend as well, especially if Aaron Judge uh, ties or breaks Roger Maris's American League home run record, and if Albert Pujols passes 700, or if something really weird happens. So go to lockedonmlb.com for Twitter and Instagram. I'm your pal Sully. I'm at Sully Baseball on Twitter, Sully Baseball Podcast on Instagram. Talking. Dodger fans off the ledge and also looking at the strange bedfellows that a pennant race will bring and saying a quick rest in peace to Lyman Bostock. This has been Locked On MLB for the 23rd day of September 2022. I am your host, Paul Francis Sullivan. Please call me Sully.